We've had, for those of you who don't know, we started in January this year. So we're coming up to like our one year anniversary. So this isn't just like a new year for us. This is like, like this is one year that we're going to be officially like a thing, Revive Ministries. And, and so I was kind of like reflecting back on like this whole saying of like new year, new me. Like what does that really mean? And, and here's the thing. Um, I want you guys to do a couple of things. One, I always start the service like that, and I forgot. Maybe I'm nervous. Uh, turn to someone, say hello, give a high five. Turn to someone new, say uh, hello, welcome to Revive. Find three people, find someone new. Now, as you guys are introducing yourselves, etc., there are two pieces of paper that are going to be underneath your chair. I need you to get them out. Two separate pieces of paper. All right, well, not pieces of paper, no card cut in half, pretty much, so. Now, I need you guys to do one thing for me. Well, two things, technically. If you guys have a pen, which there should be some pens around, I need you on one of the note cards or one of the half note cards, write something you're super thankful for that happened in 2018, okay? One thing. It doesn't have to be the most thankful thing. Just one thing you're thankful for in 2018, Okay? And what you're going to do is on the other card, you're going to write one thing that you struggled with in 2018, okay? Or a couple things, whatever you're feeling. But one thing that you struggled with in 2018, no peeking, you can do your own thing, it's private. Well, I'm not going to ask you to come up here and read them, I promise. Now, as you guys write those, I'm actually going to write my own real quick. I'm prepared, I promise, I just... Want to be part of you guys, you know, while you guys are all writing quietly. And after you're done writing them, put them away. We're going to use them for later. Put them under your butt, whatever you want to do to keep right. them private. While, while we do this, I'm going, to, I'm going to pray real quick. Lord, we just ask that you bless this time. You bless this word tonight, Lord God, and the worship after. Um, Lord, that uh, you're a part of it all, that your Holy Spirit moves in this place, Lord, and that it's... Um, that we're just eating your bread, Lord, and, and reading your word of what you want for us, Lord. Stepping into a new season, stepping into a season we've been before, Lord, that, that you're there through it all. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to be reading out of uh, Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9. We'll have it up on there, um, but if you have your Bibles, please take it out. Now, there's a big thing I wanted to put a focus on is that um, we all know New Year's resolutions, right? It's the list we make come January 1st. This is all the things I'm going to do. Mine kind of look like I'm going to wake up earlier. I'm going to lose the freshman 15, even though I've been graduated for a year now. I'm going to lose. I'm going to go back to the gym. I'm going to whatever it is. We have a list of, um, of resolutions that we want to accomplish within the year or at least try to accomplish most of it. Now, I, I actually read a statistic that on average, uh, we actually accomplish 10% of our New Year's resolutions. Like legitimately, like do them throughout the year, make it a habit, whatever it is. On average, we accomplish 10%. Now, I don't think this is actually our fault. I think it's more likely that when we try to plan stuff out for the next year, there's a lot of variables and things unseen that always just throw a loop in it. You know, we try to plan out the next year, what we're going to do, what's next, all of these things. But there's always things that kind of throw that throw a wrench in our plans. And I think it's it's the Lord saying, listen, I'm going to have my will be done in your life. And you can plan it out all you want, but I'm going to show you what, what I can do and what I can change in that. So there's two things that really happen when we're in a New Year's. Now, 
there's like I feel like two different types of people in the world. One pe- first type of people are like it's just a different date. Nothing really changes. You wake up the same. Like it's really just like honestly, it was just something we did a long time ago, and now it's just like it's just like in our system. Like new year, like new me, all this. But in reality, it's just a new day. And for other people, it's it's um it's also often a, a start of a new season. They view it as like, hey, 2018, whatever's happened, whatever it is, I'm leaving it to step into uh, a new season. Now, whichever way you are, I believe that um, the new year can stand for something significant depending on what you make it to be. If you step into it and say, Lord, in 2019, I want a new season, a, a, a new, a fresh relationship with you, one that goes deeper, then there's a couple things that need to happen. And, um, and I think those are two main things that need to happen in order to really step into 19 and step into a, a new season if that's what you're looking for in life. And we're going to begin with the first one. The first one is, um, I believe that in order to step into a new season of 2019, you first have to step out of the season you were in. Let me explain. I'm going to read uh, Colossians 1, verses 9 through 14. It says this, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of his sins. Now, when we, when we think of, take a look back at 2018, something we often do at the end of the year is like, okay, we're going to point out like the good times and the bad times, the, the roses and the thorns, like the highlights and the times that, that, that weren't so great. And here's what I think. I think that as we look back at this season, as we look back at 2018 as Christians, we need to take a look and reevaluate like what really means to have like good times and bad times. Because when we read in this passage, we see in verse 11, it says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. See, I believe that sometimes we, we begin categorizing our year in this was what was good and, and what was bad. And we have this assumption that when it was bad, it was because of our disobedience or that God just wasn't there. And I believe that when we see this, this completely changes the view of how our year goes. It's not necessarily good and bad. I believe that the, that the Lord is in the times where things are great and he's in the times where things aren't so great. And let me explain that when we see this verse and it says, for all patience and long suffering with joy. I believe that God is saying in this passage, he's saying, listen, I want you to be so deeply rooted in my love that we are thankful even through the good and the bad times. So when I look at 2018 and whatever I went through, whether it's good or bad, I can be thankful to to God because he, he is in it all. Because I think oftentimes we look at we look at the bad and say that the Lord just wasn't there or he wasn't a part of that day or he was just missing on that day. But in reality that the Lord is is there through the good times and the bad. And I believe that when we read about this, uh, the reason it's so significant when we step into a new season is because that we need to learn that no matter what our circumstances are right now or whatever we've been through in 2018, that stepping into 2019, I can walk in the love of God and say, Lord, no matter what happens, I'm going to be thankful to you. We see that, that what? Quite literally, 
It says long suffering with joy that even in the times where we seem like we're suffering, when, we, when it seems like it's the worst, we walk in joy. And this is because our strength, our, our, our joy is not found in what's our situation or our circumstance. It's found in the Lord. So when we, we look back at the last 365 days of 2018, we could truly say God has blessed us every single one of those days. Every single one. And when we look at 2019, we could confidently say that all 365 days of 2019, God is going to bless us. Now, this is not prosperity gospel. I believe that what's the problem is that we have a warped uh, idea of what blessing is. We believe that blessing is prosperity. We are blessed when we are, our finances are in check. We have the best clothes. We have the biggest church. All of these things. That's what we believe that blessing is. But that's the thing. And we have this idea that like the more we go to church, the more we read the Bible, the more we worship, all of these things, the more we do that, the more good things are going to happen. I'm sorry, I can't promise that. I can't promise that all of next year, all 365 days, you're going to be happy, you're going to wake up, no problems at all. Because most likely that's not going to happen. And I don't believe that's what the Lord is saying when he's saying he's going to bless us. Because I, I think there's going to be amazing times in 2019. I think there's going to be awesome times. I think people are going to give their lives to the Lord. I believe that revival will grow. I believe that everybody that comes to revive is going to go to their home churches. And we're legitimately going to see something incredible happen in Cincinnati. I believe that those things are happening. But I also truly believe that there's going to be bad days. And there's going to be days where you're waking up and you don't feel like doing anything. And there's going to be days where the anxious thoughts come back. That the depression starts sneaking back in. All of these things might happen. But I don't think that's what the Lord is saying. I believe that the Lord is saying, listen, I want you to go through all 365 days. And no matter what you go through, you rely on me for your joy, for your love, for all these things. You rely on me before anything. Because I believe that even when we suffer, in times of suffering, it ultimately serves the purpose of God in our lives. I want to read another passage for you guys. It's James 1, uh, verses 2 to 4, and then 16 to 18. Um, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now, I was just going to read 16 to 18 because a lot of times people love to quote that as, as, as the gifts, perfect gifts that the Lord gives. But I want you guys to have some context that, that quite literally James, the perfect gift that he's talking about is suffering. We see in verses 2 to 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kind. When we begin to understand that even the hard times when we go through them, we count it as joy as suffering because that is a gift from the Lord to allow us to stretch and begin to grow in our relationship with him. Because what happens is that when everything is going our way, there's some things that we can't catch. We're just merry and we're walking. We love all of it and everything is good. But there's some things that are hard to notice in our lives when everything is going our way. And it takes times in our lives where things are hard to notice, where we need to grow, where we need to change as the body of Christ. See, there's a certain passage, part I want to point out here, and it says, And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You see, this does not speak of worldly things. 
I think the thing that James is saying is even in the world, when you have nothing, you actually have everything because you are not lacking anything in the spiritual realm. Your spirit is fed by the Lord. You could have no money, no clothes, no building, none of that. You could have none of that, but you are lacking nothing because it's not even talking about what we have here on earth. It's because we have everything in Jesus. See, a lot of times we read this and we say, lacking nothing. That means I'm going to have money and I'm going to have all these things. And I hope, I hope, and I believe that the Lord blesses financially. He blesses all those things. But when he's talking about here, I think he's saying, listen, it, the, the big thing to notice is that even when you don't have those things, you lack nothing because you have everything in the Lord. And further on, we see here, it says, and steadfastness, steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete. Because I believe that what the Lord is saying here is saying, listen, even when you go through stuff, suffering, when you have faith in me, you grow to be perfect and complete. Your spirit grows to be perfect and complete. Even though that you may mess up, maybe not everything is perfect in the world. Maybe your circumstances aren't perfect. But since you have Jesus, you have everything you need in this life. And that is what is perfect and complete. Not yourself, but Jesus who is inside of you. And so when we, when we think about 2018, when I look at the past, I want to say, Lord, I want the end of this year to mark a day where all 365 days this year, I'm thankful for what you did, no matter what it is. Because I know that anything that I've been through, good or bad, has a purpose for your will in my life. I think this is what surrendering means to him, is that, listen, it doesn't matter what I have or what I don't have, Lord, with you, I have everything. And that truly means surrendering everything to the Lord. Because although we could plan out our new year and we can line all these things up and say, I'm going to do all this, I'm going to do all this, one thing that never changes is God. We could look back in the past year, the year before, God has been consistent throughout the years and he is going to be consistent throughout 2019. And it takes us surrendering everything to him to walk in that will that he has for us and to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. See, I believe that this is where the, the problem really lies when we, when we want to close the door on a season and move into another scene. Is that I believe that even as Christians, many of us really have an identity problem. Even as Christians, we have an identity issue. See, when we walk into 19, if we don't realize what God has promised in our lives, nothing is going to change. If we don't realize what God created and intended our lives to be, we could walk into 19, we can make a long list of resolutions, but until you realize your identity in Christ, nothing is going to change in 2019. Nothing is going to change. Because you can make a long list, but until you understand what Jesus has done for you and that he lives inside of you, you will not understand what it means to walk with him. And you can make every resolution you want, but it's going to die out in a couple weeks because he wants you to realize how much he has for you and how much he loves you. And when we go back to Colossians uh, 1 verses 12 to 13, this is what it says. And just, I'm going to read these slowly so you could, so you really hear these words. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us up from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. First, God qualifies us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. I want you to understand this is not just an eternal calling. 
This is not just saying when you reach heaven, you're going to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. He's saying, listen, when you give your life to Christ, you become a partaker here on earth. The kingdom that he speaks of in verse 14 is already coming down here on earth. He wants to see his kingdom here. He wants to see people change. And when he's saying you are qualified, it means that everyone in this room is qualified. He does not look at your resume and say, ah, well, yeah, you didn't quite make the mark. He says, no matter how long your resume is, no matter what's happened in your life, None of that matters because you are qualified because I made you qualified. Not the people around you, not the world, not the church you go to. Those things don't make you qualified. Jesus looks down in your heart and says, when you begin to follow me, you are qualified to be a partaker in his kingdom. And until we begin to realize that, it's really hard to walk into his calling until you realize the identity you have in Christ. When you want to begin to walk the calling in life that God has intended for you before he even created the universe, you need to understand how he has qualified you. It is not a long list of everything you've done in your life. He looks at that list and says, I don't care how long that list gets, you are qualified to be a partaker in my kingdom. It's incredible incredible to read that that's the title that God gives us that he says listen there is a kingdom that's forming and it's my kingdom and it's coming down on earth and I want everyone in this room to be a part of it not just me with the mic not just the worship team he's looking down at every heart in this place and saying listen you are part of this verse you are qualified to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in the light Now, um, I want you to grab um, uh, the note card that, 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 uh, that you struggled with, whatever you struggled with this year. I want you to grab it in your left hand. I'm going to grab mine as well. Now, we're going to be doing something with this later, but for now, I want you, uh, I want you to read this, part, this verse with me. Um, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. See, I believe that this is God's definition of not being defined by your past. He's saying, listen, you are in the kingdom of the Son of His love because of the redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. See, that through that blood, he has already claimed victory on whatever you are struggling with the past year. He has already taken whatever you have in your left hand. He says, listen, that is already won. See, I think that the problem is that whatever this is in your left hand, we begin to let this define us. This isn't just a problem that happens in our life. It becomes our identity. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I struggle with addiction. Whatever it is, we let this define us. God's not saying, listen, this might happen. This this might come back. Your anxious thoughts might come back. But the point is that when we begin to walk with the Lord, we can combat these things with our identity in Christ. We don't allow this to become our identity. What happens with a lot of Christians is we walk and we say, everything's good, but this one thing, it's just a part of life. I'm anxious, it's just a part of life. Lots of people are anxious. I'm depressed, it's just a part of life. It's just a part of life. I, I deal with it. 
We allow it to become part of our identity. Where the Lord's saying, when I say that I have victory over this, the Lord says, I have victory over this. That means we don't let it define us. That means even when it comes back, comes back, even in 2019, when we begin to have these attacks again, we say, Lord, no, 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 I'm not going to allow this to overtake me and become my identity again because I know that you have victory over this already. You have claimed victory over this. My identity is a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in the light. This does not define me. And he's saying, listen, even when this comes back, even when the f- attacks come back, you could confidently say, Lord, I, I know that you love me and I walk with you. And I know that even when this attack comes back, you are greater than this. You are greater than this will ever be. You are the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. You've conquered this before. You're going to conquer it today and you will conquer it every day I meet the struggle. And that's what it means to walk with him. When we hear Paul talking about suffering, when we hear about all these things, it's not... It's not because he thinks that God, he just wants suffering to be a part of our lives. No, it's, he's saying that even in life when we do suffer, when we have the Lord, we have something so much greater that even when bad things happen, we are confident in his love and his ability, not our own. We'll do something with these later. You can put them down for now. But, but I want you to understand that, that we are not called to live with these things. When, when Jesus says that we are free and we walk in victory, it means that we can put these things away and say, Lord, I walk in victory because I know what you did on the cross has already defeated this. And it's so vital for us to understand this because it's going to stagnate our walk with Christ. It's going to stagnate our calling if we continue letting this define us. Lord, I'm ready for your calling, but I'm not ready to give this up. Lord, I'm ready to walk in whatever ministry you have for me, but I'm still going to just hold on to this. I'm just depressed or I'm just anxious or I'm just, I'm addicted to pornography. Whatever it is, we just hold on to it. Because we don't allow ourselves to say, Lord, no, 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 you have victory over this. I, I can be, I can move past this. We let it become embedded into our identity that this is just a part of who we are. And God's saying, listen, I have conveyed you into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He's saying, listen, in in any circumstance, even when this comes back, I'm going to praise him because he's a never-changing God and he's going to show up every single time this attacks. You know, one great example is, is, is my sister is just all about speaking to the spiritual realm. And when we walk with Christ, we get to take these things and we get to speak against these things because we have a power that's so much greater than those struggles that come our way. And so what it means when we look into 2019 and say, listen, no matter what comes in every circumstance, I'm going to be thankful is saying, Lord, on the good days and the bad days, none of that matters because my identity is so strong in your love that when those things come, I know that I'm going to get past it because you have showed up before and you're going to show up today. You know, when we look back at 2018 as a church, uh, I think about I think about next year and what I'm going to do exactly at this time. How I'm going to look back at 2019. 
And I want to look back on 2019, just like I look back at 2018 and say, Lord, even in the hardest times, I'm going to praise you. Even when nothing is going wrong, even when I show up on Sunday, I revive and two people show up. None of that matters to me in any circumstance. I'm going to praise you. Because I understand that the God, he is not a God that wastes time. He is a God that has a purpose for every single person in this room. And he wants to fulfill that purpose. And he's saying, listen, the way you fulfill that purpose is a true intimate relationship with me. When you begin to walk in that intimate relationship is when you begin to walk knowing no matter how bad life gets, I'm going to have joy because I know that there's something greater coming. See, the thing is, we see this in the Bible a lot. We see in Job, where God quite literally lets Satan test them. And we see Peter, where, where Jesus says the same thing. He's like, listen, the Satan asked, Satan asked to uh, test, test you, and, and I let him. It's because through the struggles, we begin to grow, and, and we begin to, to really establish who we are in Christ. When we're confident in the Lord, even when times are tough, we grow spiritually and we know that no matter what comes our way, we are prepared because it is for his purpose. And specifically the people in this room, uh, the people that, like Angelina said last week, are going to be world changers. Specifically that he's saying, listen, I am preparing you for something greater. I'm preparing you for the call in your life as a husband, as a mother, as a, uh, as a, as a wife, whatever it is, I am preparing you for that calling. So when you struggle today, know that when you have faith through that, you're going to grow in perseverance and you're going to have faith in anything that comes your way. He says, in ministry, I'm testing you right now because I want you to get past it. I want you to grow to a point where you can walk in my calling confidently and boldly and nothing's going to take you down. It's important to realize that that stepping into 2019, if you believe that it is stepping into a new season, that you have to leave 2018 in peace. You have to say, whatever has happened, whatever has happened to me, good, bad, Lord, I know is for your purpose. And I could walk into 2019 knowing that every day I walk in this life, I just want to be a, a mirror of your love and your goodness. You know, the second part of it is, is walking in, in, in 2019. You know, the, I was reading um, Timothy, 2 Timothy yesterday, and there's actually a, a spot that the ESV labels it, you know, like, above the verses, like let's say a few verses, and, and, and this is what it's labeled. It says, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Read with me verses uh, 6 through 14. It says, for this reason I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to, to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave in us in Christ, gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which has now been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light, through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until the day what has been trusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted 
to you. You know, the words that we read from this book, it's not just for the people at that time. I believe that that this is looking for, that God, when he was quite literally breathing these words, he was saying, listen, I'm looking at Revive. I'm looking for this service specifically. I want people to hear those words and really believe that they have a holy calling on their life. That I'm going to begin changing them when they walk with me. I'm going to begin changing their character, their relationships, everything in their lives for a way that's going to impact the world. A lot of times we believe impacting the world just means these huge uh, conferences, huge services. But I believe that impacting the world starts here. That when we begin to follow Jesus and our character begins to change, that your families begin to change, your friendships begin to change, your businesses, your education, all these things begin to change. And that's what begins changing the world. It's not just the big churches and the huge conferences that, that people here begin to change the world because they begin to reflect Jesus' character in their lives. I believe that that's what's changing the world is is that you, no matter where you are in life, no matter who you are, if you're a son, if you're a father, if you're in a family, whatever it is, you can mirror Jesus to everyone around you. And when I look into 2019, before I put any, any goal of 2019, I pray, Lord, that the same time next year, when I'm looking back at 2019, I want to do everything I can and every single day I can to reflect you to the people around me. Because that's what I believe surrendering our lives to Jesus is. Because here's the thing. When we begin to do that, not only do we change, but everything around us changes. You know, I said this before, but maybe even our circumstances won't change. But you begin to change. And the way you look at the relationships around you and the circumstances around you begins to change. And you begin, you begin to be someone so deeply embedded in God's love that no matter what happens in 2019, you can say, Lord, I'm going to boldly and confidently walk in your name. I'm going to invite the worship team back up. And I, I just believe that, man, even from the beginning, tonight is a night of, of worship. Now, I want you to take the what you were grateful for in 2018, that card. I just simply want you to write your name on it and write 2018 on it. And I want, to keep, I want you to keep it for yourself. Because I believe that there's going to come a time in 2019 where you're going to look back at this and you're going to see so much more that God has done in 2019. And you're going to be able to fill this entire thing with what you're grateful for in 2019. Now, we're going to do something a little bit different with the other one. The other is one thing you struggled with in 2018. We're going to get into worship. And what I want you to do is the thing that you struggled with. Today, we're going to take a step of obedience to him. We're going to take a step of surrenderance to him and saying, Lord, no matter what this is, I declare victory over it today. And although it's just going to symbolize it, we're just going to have something small in the middle for you to come up here. You're going to burn this thing. You're going to leave it in 2018. You're going to come up here during worship whenever you feel is right. And you're going to burn whatever this you're struggling with. And you're just going to leave it in, in, the, in the bowl up here once I put it up here. To say, Lord, I have victory over this. And I could walk in 2019 knowing that this doesn't define me anymore. Because if anything, more than anything, I want, 
I don't even care if we fill this entire room up. More than anything, I want the people that are even here today to realize the calling that they have on your life, their, their life. That the purpose that God has for you. I spoke a little bit about this last Sunday when we were at our Christmas service that, that generally for some reason people think that this is a purposeless generation. I really do not believe. I do believe that is a lie to stop something greater that is coming. You are not a purposeless generation. I, I've read plenty of spots that God is quite literally saying, listen, no, no, you are, you're not just purpose, you're, you're purposeful, you have everything. I have something great for you to change the world that you are bringing the kingdom quite literally here on earth. And so we're going to worship. We're going to worship and, and I'm just going to let them take it away. So, I mean, I want you guys to just do your thing once we get started. So, but when we have this thing in the middle, when we have this candle lit, I, I encourage you that whenever, and if you do, uh, you don't have to, whenever you feel ready to come up and say, Lord, I give this up, simply light it with the candle and drop it in the bowl. And know that you don't have to be live, you don't have to live being defined by this. Let's worship. I know Alex brought it up a little bit up here and I know that you guys hear it from me all the time but we did something very symbolic tonight and so as we leave that in 2018 I just like really encourage you guys tonight as we continue just like this song one more time or just the chorus of this song one more time I really encourage you to speak out um Jesus literally, God created the world by speaking it into existence. Do you understand the power that we have with our tongue? Speak out into the spiritual world against whatever it is that you were struggling with in 2018. Um, spirit of anxiety, you have no right. It's so simple. I'm speaking that into the spiritual world. I've said this over and over again. What happens in the spiritual world literally manifests itself in the physical world. We feel it because something is happening in the spiritual world, right? There's a battle for our souls in the spiritual world. If we're not speaking in into existence that it has no right to affect you, we just, we, we forget that we have the right to do that. We forget that in Jesus' name, I have every right to speak into the spiritual world. Anxiety, you have no right over me in 2019. I'm done, okay? Spirit of depression, you have no right. And I, I know I sound like a broken record sometimes, but you guys have to do this yourselves, right? You have to speak that into the spiritual world. You have to speak for chains to be broken in the spiritual world soul ties to be broken in the spiritual world. Because what happens in the spiritual world manifests itself in the physical. I know I talk about that a lot, but just like as we pray and as we sing this next song, um, if you need to be prayed for, if you need someone to intercede for you, if you need someone to speak into the spiritual world for you, the altar is open. We're here to pray with you. We're just going to sing this song one more time. Now, as we enter this beautiful last Sunday of 2018, as we're entering into 2019, um, leave it. Leave leave those problems behind, like Alex said. Um, And let us intercede for you tonight. Just thank you, Uh, Lord. um, Lord, we just thank you that even when anything, everything goes wrong, Lord, you just, you just still pull through, Lord. And, And Lord, we just, we know 
big things are to come in 2019 for this group of people here, Lord. Uh, not because of anything we do, Lord, but because you have called every single person to a purpose, Lord God, and to a will that you're going to fulfill in each one of their lives, Lord. So we thank you, Lord. We praise you. And we hope that next year we can come back a year from now, Lord, and just know that the last 365 days, Lord, we just praise you for your glory every single day, Lord.